Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Uh, Wag's very, very special guest today, Green Bay Packers tight end Dominic Daphne, a guy who came on uh, late in the season, flashed a lot of potential, and somebody who I think is going to be right in the mix at a very deep tight end group this season. Yeah, uh, one of the you know really cool individual stories uh, from come last year uh, really contributed significantly when we started to get a little thin with some injuries at the tight end position late in the season. Uh, not only on the offensive side, special teams especially, he made a big impact. So I uh, started camp here on the PUP list, but is active now. And uh, we got a chance to talk to him a, a little over a week ago prior to camp starting, and uh, he's uh, ready to go this year. So uh, I think uh, it's going to be exciting to see him out there competing. And uh, clearly, we saw at the end of the last season, the way that he picked things up, um, you know, hopefully he's able to just continue from where he left off. Yeah, uh, he, as you said, he contributes to a lot of different facets of the game. Uh, he fits kind of what the Packers are looking for, I think, out of uh, a guy who plays some tight end, some of that each back as well, give them a lot of different looks. And um, while DeGuara is working his way back from the ACL injury, I think that both he and, uh, and Daphne together could give the Packers some fun looks too. I, I don't think that they're duplicitous. I think that they can actually do two different things, but also serve similar functions. But uh, Daphne's special teams uh, on top of it, he just kind of fits what the Packers do. Uh, definitely a student of the game, somebody who definitely prided himself on knowing what was going on, asked a lot of questions, stayed late a lot of times, kind of your, your prototypical Packer guy that comes in under the radar and then contributes. So really fun interview, somebody that I really enjoyed listening to, uh, understands the game, and uh, no doubt about it, the moment's not too big for Dominic Daphne. For sure. So uh, for those of you that are newer to the show, um, it definitely uh, stay tuned for this one. We'll get to the interview here in a, a moment. Uh, but we've got a, a bunch of other interviews, if you haven't seen those, uh, that we uh, uh, dropped here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, during the offseason, we were able to get some of these guys on uh, before camp broke. So uh, go check those out, too. We will have some regular podcasts talking uh, how the team's uh, shaping up here in camp coming up. Uh, but wanted to be able to share all of uh, all of these guys that were gracious enough to come on. So um, you can find us all the normal places, uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, et cetera. So uh, check us out, share us, et cetera. Thanks so much for, for jumping aboard, checking us out, and um, let us know how you think we're doing. So appreciate you listening. With that, Dane, I think let's get to the interview with Dominique Daphne. Go Pack, go Wags. Go Pack, go. Welcome in to Lombardi's Legends, and tonight uh, we are joined by special guest, Packers tight end, Dominique Daphne. Dominique, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We are super excited to have you on. So um, first, I guess we just want to dive into your journey in Packers, a lot to talk about, but um, first of all, you know, what does it mean to you and what does what is it um like to be a Green Bay Packer? 
Um, it's actually funny because I was thinking about like that, like the other day. I've been in Green Bay for a while, just training and working out, and I actually thought about that. And I personally think I couldn't have been put into a better position coming in with the coaching staff, you know, the players, the tight ends. I feel like just it was just the perfect time and just the perfect place for me to be, being that when I had never played tight end before, hadn't played fullback since like middle school. And it being my first year, obviously, in the league with it being such like a weird year obviously last year was nowhere near normal I just felt like that was this was kind of the best place for me to be having a really solid and really close tight end room you know knowing some guys on the team prior like Lazard and Josh Jackson and then just having coaches like J.O. and just people who are able to push me forward as well as just be there for me outside of football as well yeah Sorry, I was just going to say, just touching on the fact that you never played tight end before. I mean, I, I know that you started to have to be a little bit more versatile over the course of your college career because you came in as a receiver, right, uh, when you started in, in college. Um, so, or, or, or do you always feel like, you know, you were moving around playing whatever position, uh, you know, that you could get your hands on the ball? Or I, I guess I'm just kind of curious how that evolution started and what what do you think made you land in the role that you are right now? Um, I honestly think it just kind of is like a big culmination of just my whole football career, even starting when I was like younger to the point where I couldn't play flag football anymore when I was in second grade because I was too big. So I had to play fourth grade with my brother and it was tackle football. And I wasn't a running back. I was like a left tackle. So <laughs> I was second grade playing fourth graders at left tackle. So, I mean, that was the start. That was, that's how I was brought into this. And then after that, it was fullback, running back, receiver so I feel like just with my whole past right now is kind of just like all of that in one and then as you keep going with high school obviously receiver the whole time college receiver but then I played a lot of special teams so I'm blocking tackling running down the field so then all of that just kind of comes together with where I'm at right now and I get to just show everything that I've been able to do since the beginning and then show everything I'm just able to do right now at the best of my ability. When did you make the transition? Because from second grade, you know, I, I remember Wags and I growing up playing football. The big kids played offensive line and defensive line. And then uh, sometimes you're kind of just in that role. It doesn't matter if you, you don't end up being that big. By high school, you're still playing offensive line or defensive line. So uh, when did you kind of break out of the, the offensive line role and start catching touchdowns? Um, I want to say probably – probably like fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade was when I was more of a skill guy, I would say, because growing up, I was just very physical and everything. So obviously being a lineman was, you know, the just the most physical you could be, pop, like you could be in any 
sport in any fact. Like those are one of the most physical people on this planet and just they're wired differently. So just the fact that I was so physical growing up and I didn't like shy away from any type of contact and then going in, obviously growing up, getting taller, getting faster, stronger, realizing that, you know, I got good hands. I could run the ball well. So obviously you got to transition a little bit. Like, yeah, I think you don't need him on the line anymore. I feel like he could be more, you know, like more special getting the ball and catching the ball. So I say around fourth or fifth grade is kind of when I made the transition to, to actually being like a skilled player. You think it helped you at all? Uh, and that's an honest question. You know, I know you're young playing ball, but even to this day, I, I mean, you're such a versatile guy uh, on this team. Uh, you're somebody who can do, I feel like, just about anything to, to help the, the team win. But do you think it helped your, you know, from a toughness level? Um, you know, because you cannot, you can't be uh, light on the offensive line. You've you got to be able to be tough. And, you know, at an early age, learning, you know, that like there's a difference between uh, an ouchie and an injury. Uh, do you think that that helped you uh, even to this day? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, that's, you, you have to grow up a little bit. You kind of have to shake some of those little scratches and whatnot. You got to shake them off, obviously, because we all wanted to play growing up. And I'm not trying to come out for a little cut or a bruise or anything. I want to be in as much as I can. So, I mean, just, yeah, kind of, I'd say, like, when you lift a lot, like, you create scabs on your hands and whatnot, and it kind of makes it easier. So, like, the more you play football, the more hits you take, the, like, you kind of create like a like a callus to it, just and you're just used to it. So then you just keep going on. You're more physical, more physical, and you kind of just keep getting used to it. And age, you're gonna need to be able to hold your own. So I feel like just all that, not you know, not being afraid of any type of contact, just being physical, taking it to somebody else. That kind of just helps. Obviously, that's football. We're talking a lot about the physical aspects of your game in particular, but I'm really interested to ask you about your mental approach because you're a guy, you go undrafted, and then you're a late um, signing with the Colts uh, last year, um, and then uh, we're, we're in final cuts, um, come in for a workout with Green Bay, and then they add you to practice squad in the middle of the season. First of all, how, how did you stay, keep yourself mentally focused to be ready for that opportunity when they called? And then by all accounts, you came in and just were ready to seize an opportunity that you had. I mean, to come in in the middle of the season and do that is just super impressive. So I, I'm just kind of curious to hear from you. What, what was your mental approach to staying sharp and staying prepared for that opportunity? I would say it was just the, the part of not being able to play football for so long definitely helped because, I mean, a lot of people would have, a lot of people did just give up and they're like, wow, you know, COVID's here. I don't think this is going to be able to happen, you know. You know, every any type of thing or any type of excuse you could say. But I think just me not being able to play football and realizing how much I miss it was one thing that was always 
in the back of my mind and then just lifting every day trying to keep myself mentally busy because obviously with us being in quarantine like your mind could go any type of way so just kind of trying to stay busy trying to stay like working out and staying ready because we had no idea what was going to happen or when anything was going to happen so let something happen and I'm not ready then that's kind of that's on me so I didn't want to I didn't want to be in a position where if I was to get a call, I wasn't ready because then that's my fault. You know, I don't, I want to be in control of my future and put anything uh, that I can in my hands. You know what they say? Everybody says it all the time, control what you can control. And at the time what I could control was my body and my mind. So I was just making sure I was staying ready whenever they were going to call because family and friends were always like, you know, just stay ready. The call is coming. You know, we're, they're going to play football regardless. So the calls come in, just stay ready. And then when I got the late August, right? Mid late August, when I got the call from the Colts, I was, I was literally on, on the field working out when, when they called me. And then I think I flew out like the next day or something. And just my mentality was, I'm not trying to come back home because the summer was, it, and it was so depressing. Like, let's be honest. Like, we were all just stuck at home and just had no idea what was going on. And it was just completely depressing. Just having to wake up, go work out, eat, work out again, go home, eat, go to sleep, and just do it all over again. So that just routine was just so monotonous and just, you know, wavering. And when I finally got the call, it's just the mentality of just I didn't want to go back home and have to do all that again and then of course you know I did what I had to do had a pretty good camp came back home and then my mentality was like okay I've had a taste like there's there's no going back now like I was there for like a week or two and I'm like I literally had a taste of what it was like so now this is what I'm doing this is this is what I want to do there's no turning back now just work even harder got a had a uh, workout with the Patriots and the, uh, and the Packers and the Packers called them when they were, when they called me extremely excited, came out the next day and was just in the playbook, like every night, just trying to learn it as fast as I could just in case. Cause yeah, I mean, like, like you saw, you literally never know what could happen. So I was just trying to be ready and take in as much as I could from the, uh, from the playbook as well as my teammates on, how to be a good tight end as well as how to be a fullback and how to lean on other people to try and, you know, to try and better myself. So I just took in everything I could on top of just that. I just did not want to go back to Des Moines, Iowa. There was, there was no doing that. Well, it's a, it's truly a meteoric rise on a, and on a great football team too. Um, So, you know, you come in, uh, partway through the season, it's an expanded practice squad, right? With uh, with the COVID uh, this past season, the Packers uh, open up a spot, bring you in, and um, you mentioned the playbook and digesting it. I mean, by the end of the year, you were starting in two tight end packages. Uh, it's a, you know week sixteen, week seventeen. Um, how much of the playbook were you able to digest? Because I mean, the game's fast. The, the, the playbook, I imagine, is stacked. I mean, what, what what were those sessions like to just be able to – do you have a great memory? Because it's pretty remarkable, really. Um, no, yeah, I, 
pretty much knew like most of it beyond like you know well he has like his own little playbook that he has when it comes to like two minute stuff and whatnot but i would say i, I memorized and learned most of it like a good i'd say like 95 percent of it and yeah i mean i'd come home after practice and literally would start right back studying again and going into what I hadn't learned the night before. And then I'd take like a chunk, like, okay, I'm going to do these tonight. And then study these and then what I had, had what I've already learned and try and just keep building on that. And I'll test myself on what I remember and then like get a whiteboard and like look at the uh, script for the next day, draw those out so I can see what I do know, what I don't know. And then on top of that, I was coming in on every off day with um, one of our old tight end coaches, Coger, who's with the Rams right now, I want to say. Came in with him every off day, and we were going over, like, a bunch of stuff for about an hour or two, like, every day or every – whatever off day is, Tuesday or something like that. So I was coming in every day, and it was kind of just – it, it was a lot like it, it was just so much to try and but then he was like he honestly instilled a lot of confidence in me I would say to to learn it he was like trust me like I know it's a lot but like you're smart and you know what you're doing like just keep keep just chopping it down like don't try to learn all of it all at once just keep putting it into pieces and then like once time comes, like you'll you'll realize that you actually know what you're doing. And I mean, he was right. I just kept like just just piece by piece was just piecing it all together, like passing, single back, double back, you know, uh, one tight end, two tight end, like just just kind of taking it all in, just one piece at a time, and then going in watching the film, and he would quiz me and ask me to write stuff up on the board and. Uh, like they always say like you don't know something until you can coach it so he would literally give me the marker and be like all right this formation this play tell me your responsibility and drop everybody else's so i'm like okay and we would we would do that and we would literally be there for an hour or two and he'd be like if you need anything facetime me anytime and he was serious i remember one time i facetimed him he had like his his child in his hand he was like literally like taking care of his kid and he was like and he was answering i had like five to five to ten questions for him just on stuff and he was and he was there he was there for me and honestly without him and jay i probably wouldn't have learned all of it as quickly as i did well that's just really awesome and thank you for sharing that it's kind of cool to see behind the scenes of everything that goes into what you have to do um so Week 17 against the Bears. Um, can you walk us through that touchdown catch and maybe kind of what was going on heading into that play? What were your emotions during and after the play? Kind of what were you feeling in that moment? And, and were you like the primary read, secondary read on that play, or, or how did that all go down? Um, I, I remember that on that play, my job was like to be 
a hot read. So if they blitzed, then the ball could potentially go to me. And then I saw they didn't blitz. So I'm like, okay, I'm just doing my job trying to create space because Tay was in the slot. So he would technically be the first read on that without the uh, without any uh, blitz. And then I just kept running and I saw space. So obviously it was just running to uh, to where there was space to, to be uh, running to be open. And then I looked back and then the ball was coming. <laughs> uh, a little confused because obviously I'm like, the ball is not supposed to be coming to me. Like This is like third read. Like one didn't work, two didn't work. Okay, I'm back. And I was just saw the ball coming. And then obviously you could see like my feet freeze a little bit because I'm so focused on not dropping the ball, which is why I fell over. And then realizing that I had scored and it was just like a lot and saw Lazar come over and like he was screaming because obviously I've <laughs> him since since we were young. Saw him run over Sadie's, Aaron Jones ran over. So I was just I mean it didn't I mean it didn't feel real. Like in the moment, it was like honestly crazy. And it honestly didn't feel real until the next day. Because like obviously flying back on the plane, like to me, like just playing in the NFL just seemed just different. Like you just you see everybody, like I'm over here lined up next to Khalil Mack, you know, just all sorts of guys you watch on TV and just just the moment was just so crazy and like honestly it's never anything that I'll ever for ever forget ever like it was so surreal and everything just happened so fast and it was it was it was amazing you know and I I've got a piggybacking off that um and I genuinely mean this and not because you're on the podcast right now I think that might be my favorite series uh, of the season not only the touchdown I think we put it out on social right after but instantly after, you're on kick coverage, right? Mm -hmm. And you get down there right after scoring a touchdown and you lay some wood uh, on, that, uh, on, the, on the return man. I think or, it was uh, Patterson. Yeah. on Cordell Patterson. Yeah. And you pop up and that was the moment to us. We've been big supporters of yours prior. We were excited when you came to Green Bay. But that was a moment of this is not – too big for Dominic Daphne. That's what it seemed like to us, you know? So um, how did you feel? Like, what's going through your head? You score that touchdown. Now you got to go right back out there and do your job again. So, you know, uh, did you kind of compartmentalize it for the moment and then, you know, just get right back to work? But that showed a lot of mental toughness to us. I mean, yeah, coming off the field, you know, everybody wants to, like, you know, slap you on the helmet, tell you congrats. But then I'm, like, trying to, like, wrestle through everybody because I know I have to be on kickoff. So I'm like, like I appreciate it, but you got to have to get out of the way <laughs> because I got to go run down on kickoff too. And then uh, our special teams coach was like, yeah, 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 that's cool and all. But, you know, now come, come make a tackle. So I'm like, okay. So I honestly like, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it anymore. And then obviously, you know, I made the tackle because I, I honestly saw him like stand up like get high so I'm like okay like he feels like he has a lane and like he's extremely fast but he's also like really big so I know I'm not just gonna form tackle or else I'm, I'm gonna miss the tackle like there's no way so I kind of just like threw my shoulder at him 
And I honestly didn't even know, like, it was, I knew it was a big hit because, like, you can kind of feel it, but I didn't know it was that loud. Like, I watched the video, and it truthfully sounds like like a home run to, like, deep center. Like, it was extremely loud. So, I mean, just just those plays back-to-back. I know everybody kept coming up to me and was like, congratulations, and, like, like where, like, asking me, like, bro, where did that come from? Just back-to-back play. And I know Coach LaFleur said the same thing. He was like, it's just not – it shows that it's not too big. And I just feel like you have to have a level of confidence no matter what you play or who you are. You could literally be the 53rd man on the roster. Like, you have to have a level of confidence or you will freeze up when it's time to actually do something on the field. So, I mean – Luckily, that was like game four or five that I had played. So, all the I'd say all the butterflies were kind of out. But you know, yeah, at that moment, I was just playing football. You know, just trying to enjoy it because I mean, it's obviously what a lot of us have been wanting to do since we were little. So, just the confidence part helped. You know, make both plays. You know, being able to do my job and oh wait, now the ball's coming because you know, twelve can do literally anything. Like anybody, you got to be alert. At all times, he's literally like LeBron James. Like anybody could, anybody's a weapon when he's got the ball in his hand. So you literally have to be ready at all times. And then coming out on kickoff, knowing that you can play with guys like Carlo Patterson, who's one of the best returners in the league and one of the stronger guys, I'd say, because he's not easily bring down. So we know if. If I, if you, I was going to say one thing I was going to say too, we know that Aaron will find the open guy, no doubt about that. But I mean, at the same time, there is a level of trust that he has to have that you're going to be in the right spot, that you're going to make the right read. And so you've talked a little bit about the mental uh, approach that you had, your preparation, your hard work, your, you know, your physical preparation, um, everything that you did. And I think part of the reason I'm so interested in that play, and I don't think it's a touchdown, it's a big moment for you, but um, is there anything you could trace back in practice or in film study that could point to why Aaron was like, okay, he's open, but I trust that he's going to turn and catch the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious if that's something you thought about or if you if you even know if there was a moment in practice or leading up to the game that week um, that you could pinpoint that he had that trust in you? I think it was just – I wouldn't say it was just one practice. There was just like uh, weeks of practice in a row where – I was just trying to lock in and show that I was capable of uh, of performing at at a high level and that I could be locked in. And again, that the moment wasn't too big for me. And I remember there was one practice that I did have like a really good, I scored like two, three touchdowns or something. And then I think I can't remember who it was. I want to say, I want to say it was Aaron Jones or someone, but they were like, they came up to me and was like, dude, keep doing that because everybody is noticing like they notice stuff like that he's like the way you carry yourself everything he's like just keep doing what you're doing and like you you're gonna make you're gonna make the team you're gonna be up you're gonna be playing he's like just keep working I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was after that practice he came up to me when we were when we were all leaving 
And then um, I know we have like signals that we do for obviously when like in two minute situations and like a lot of the younger guys have to go up and do the signals in front of everybody in the offensive meeting. And I had done it like by time when I actually was starting to play, I had done it like every week. So, and I was doing it like every time, like he said something, I was, I would just keep go, like keep going, but I would never look at him. I would never look at Aaron because that's, I've learned that that's when you, that's when you mess up because Honestly, like he could, he's, I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. So you could like slip up and you'll like be thinking too much. So I don't ever look him in the eye when he's saying the signals or whatever, because then I know that I'll slip up. So I'll just, every time he says something, I have my head like just facing forward and I'll throw the signal. But I think he notices that I was doing all of them and I was getting them right. And, you know, obviously just the preparation that I was taking into every week and just the play. I was making in during practice and I feel like all that together kind of led to that him thinking oh here's that he's wide open I know he can make a play just based on all the times that I was making plays in practice and coming to compete in practice and then on top of that learn the playbook and learn the signals which is extremely hard because there's no place the signals aren't anywhere the only place that the signals are are in Aaron's head so if you know them, like that means you care, you know, you've taken time to actually learn the signals and ask around, oh, what's the signal for this? What's the signal for that? So, listen. Thank you. All that together to throw me the ball. Sorry, you were breaking up just right at the end there. So, uh, but we just no, no. It's just the last last quarter second there. So, um, so Packer fans are. I think a lot of fans already love you, but uh, I mean, you have a really interesting story in that you come on, you, you sign with the team. You know, we've kind of gone through some of that, but um, you've really forced the team's <laughs> hand, and you kind of underscored that a little bit. And some of the things you've said to keep you around. Not only on the practice squad, they elevated you a couple times, but eventually you get signed to the 53. Um, an incredible start to your career in Green Bay. Um, but that was last season. And now this year, you know, starts where we're talking to you just days before training camp begins and it's another season. And it's another grind. Um, what are you looking forward to in, in your, your second season in Green Bay? It's a crowded tight end room, um, but you're a guy who has shown that you can produce. You've got your very intelligent player. Um, you've got a great reputation on the team. So what are you looking forward to in year two? Well, first and foremost, I'm looking forward to having a full preseason. Like, that's nice, you know. Didn't I? I mean, I, me personally, I didn't have OTAs, was only at like the half, last half of camp. So just being able to come in in May and get that time with the coaches and being on the field and just getting the extra time with the playbook, I feel I'm definitely happy that I was able to do that instead of having to come in and learn an entire playbook in like six weeks. Like this. The way that's been going right now has been great just because 
you know, I don't have to digest it all like that. And then on top of that, like I get a chance to actually sit and watch film and learn like on not only me, but just like everything. Like get to watch defenses, get to watch O-line and realize our job based off them. And then just, just a lot of things, just being able to slow the game down a little bit and like kind of try to just become better as a football player than just, okay, what does the tight end have here? What am I supposed to do here? But actually learning my uh, responsibility as like the full field concept and why it makes sense and why I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that's definitely been great. And then obviously just looking forward to looking forward to my first full camp, you know, um, that should be fun. I'm definitely, definitely excited for that. And then preseason and then just the opportunity to just compete, you know, obviously definitely won't ever be, you know, happy with what I have done, you know, trying to do more, you know, that's one thing Jay always talks about is like the more you can do. So now in year two coming in, just trying to do as much as I can for the team, whether that's fullback stuff, tight end stuff, special teams, just year two trying to, you know, make it set in stone that I am capable of playing at this level and it wasn't just a fluke just because I was there at the end or whatever. It was just like, you know, the stars aligned, but just let it be known that I can, I can really play. Well, the good news is we know that coach LaFour loves his tight ends. And so I'm sure he's going to keep as many of you around as he possibly can. Um, I mean, you know, we talked a lot of ball. Um, can, if you don't mind sharing, I know this last year aside was kind of uh, terrible for everyone, but what what do you like to do in your downtime when you can relax and get away from football a little bit? Um, I definitely love to spend time just with the family. Obviously, we're a very close-knit group. Uh, we literally have like a family group message with like 30 or 40 of us, and that's usually being, you know, hearing pings, like 30 pings, like every day from that group message from whether it's my grandma, aunts, uncles, anything like we're close knit groups. So just getting a chance to just hang out with them like we used to when we were younger and just, you know, eat and have fun and play games and, you know, do all that goofy stuff you do with your family and just be able to just be around people with positive energy and that love you just want nothing nothing but uh good things for you so that's definitely something i like to do and i mean besides that just chilling hanging out you know i'm usually out and about running around doing something whether it's training or uh running routes or literally anything going went on some vacations in the off season was out in nashville with bobby and them so just getting the chance to just relax kick my feet up a little bit you know that's always great too. Yeah, were you at Tight End University? Were were, were you at that? I was. And how how did that go? I mean, it's it, it's it seems like it's basically the who's who of talent around the league at the position. Uh, how did you get the invite, and how uh, how did that go for you? Um. Well, I mean, I was in, I was up in Tight End. Well, I was up in Tennessee all of April. So I mean, I was with George and them already. So 
he was like, yeah, I mean, you were already up here. There's no point of you not to come back and work out again. And then it was, it was honestly a really good experience getting, getting able to see like guys you don't really see very often, like outside of a helmet. So getting able to see guys like, you know, Cole Komet, um, obviously always good to see TJ, uh, Knox from uh, the Bills, just uh, Waller, Waller from uh, Las Vegas, the Raiders, you know, just a bunch of good guys getting uh, coached up by Kelsey and Greg Olson and George, obviously, you know, the best in the when it comes to being a tight end. So being able to go out there and rub shoulders with those guys as well as learn from them, watch the cup, watch some film and just, you know, be able to just trust and just have like, it was really just like a, like a family vibe. I know that's what the kiddos love him, his dad, his mom, his sister. Like they love just like that family vibe. Like we're all here to be better. We're all here because we want each other to prosper in this game. And they really just want the respect for the tight ends to like to be there because what they always say is we literally do what left tackles do and we do what wide receivers do, but we get paid not what they get paid. So just the fact that they just want that respect to be shown. And then we, we just all want to, we obviously we all want to be great. We all want to be, you know, 1100 yards a season, like Georgian, uh, I guess his name is Kels. I, thought, I always thought it was Kelsey. That's, that's breaking news. I, I think it's Kelsey too. So yeah, that was interesting to learn. But you know, obviously, we all want 1,100 yards like those guys. So obviously, being able to learn from them and learn how they digest the game and what they're thinking when they're you know trotting out to to their splits or whatever, just being able to think the way they think and see what they see was definitely helpful for me. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think it is uh, what's uh, really interesting is that with tight ends, you've got even that extra responsibility because you're lining up on the line of scrimmage. So you're, you've got to block. Um, and I know a receiver, you have to block too, but um, yeah, it's just a little bit different in terms of the responsibilities. You may be blocking in some plays and not going out to, to make yourself available as a receiver. Other plays you are, it could depend on the you know pre-snap reads, etc. So um, you know it's 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 really fascinating to be able to I'm sure pick the brains of some of those guys that have been around the league for uh, a number of years. So um, Dane, do you have anything else that you want to run by uh, Dominique? I, I know I want to respect your time, man. Yeah, we've been going for a while here, so yeah, uh, maybe maybe just one more question and then we'll let you go. Listen, I, I just have one question completely unrelated to football, but you're one of my favorite players on the offense. Uh, I got to ask you a personal question. Music. What are you listening to? What do you like? What do you what do you jam out to before the game? You know, are, are you are you a hype up guy? Are you kind of like a slow jam guy? What are you into? Uh, I'm definitely more of an R&B guy, I would say even before the game, like, I just feel like that, like listening, obviously I love listening to rap music. Old school rap's probably more my favorite. Obviously, you know, I love what's happening now and when it comes to rap music, but 
R&B is probably my number one, I would say. And that's definitely what I listen to during, like, during going to the facility as well as, like, warming up just because, you know, you kind of relax. You know, there's no need to get too hyped up. The game's not even played yet, so we're not even dressed yet for the game. So I'm usually listening to some R&B, you know, just trying to relax, just trying to get some last-minute thoughts in my head during the game when I do – or during like warmups and whatnot and just trying to be ready for uh, just to go out there and play the best game. But then of course, when we're going out there, you know, that's when it ramps up a little bit and you get more of that hype up rap music, you know, everything like that. But up until then, until we're ready to run out of the tunnel, I'm more relaxed, more cool, slow jam, stuff like that. And just trying to be in the moment, you know, just not get too hyped up or anything, just kind of relax and just be ready. Yeah, are, are you a car singer? I can see you kind of cruising, you know, listening to some music and you kind of singing along. Yeah. Absolutely. I made a tweet uh, not too long ago that I was like, if they literally had an American Idol where you could either sing in the car or in the shower, like I might, I might do some damage in that. Like that's, <laughs> that's what I do. I stay doing that all the time. I love it. I love it. No, thank, thanks for sharing that. It's 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 so fun to hear, you know. And, and any particular artist you listen to or any recommendations for our listeners? Obviously can't go on with, uh, you know, Drake, obviously. I uh, listen to Lucky Day, um, Giveon, Her, uh, Janae Aiko. Just, I could, the list, the list goes on. And I'm not going to ask you what you consider old school rap because then I'll feel really old. <laughs> um, <laughs> old school rap is like, you know, Biggie, Tupac, uh, uh, Ludacris. That's, that's not old school, but, you know, technically it is old school, but. You actually made me feel better. That's right in the room. <laughs> so, all right. Awesome. Well, hey, Dominique, really appreciate you taking the time. It was great to talk to you, get to know you a little bit better and to hear more about your journey and, um, you know, uh, your story and your what you experienced last year was was really, really uh, one of the, the coolest stories, I think, out of, of last season that was full of many of them. So, um, but before you go, do you mind giving us a Go Pack Go? Yeah, no problem, man. Go Pack Go, you know. Go, go Pack Go. Go back, go. Good luck at camp. We'll be up there next Saturday cheering for you. So good luck, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tommy.